Hello, I'm James Stephen, technology journalist at UC Today. Joining me is Zeus Keravala, founder and principal analyst at ZK Research, to discuss some big news at Avaya. Last week, Avaya announced the departure of its CEO alongside cost-cutting measures and missed financial targets. Hello, Zeus. How are you? Hey, how's it going, James? So there's been a lot going on here. Can you talk us through what's happened? Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's uh, a surprise, but not a surprise. It's always a surprise when you see an executive leave. Um, you know, given the last couple of quarters at Avaya have been pretty tumultuous, uh, I suppose a leadership change, you know, was due. Um, you know, the company, as you mentioned, did pre-announce um, uh, some numbers, uh, some pretty big misses too, right? They're, they they missed revenue by like a hundred, a little over a hundred million EBITDA. Um, uh, I think by you know more than uh, two thirds or something. So it was a, they were they were pretty significant. Now I know the there's a lot of contributing factors when it comes to the economy, availability of hardware, things like that. Um, but you know clearly I think the board finally got to a point where they decided a change was needed. Now with that being said, I you know it's an interesting um, thing that when we look back historically at the Jim Chirico era at Avaya, will we look at it positively or negatively? And I think there's certainly a lot more positives than negatives. If he had left a year ago, he would have left a big hero. The stock was at 20 bucks. It was a little over $20. It was an all-time high. They were coming off the pandemic growth, right? And then, of course, the macro and everything changed and things like that. So um, it's a, I, I've used the analogy. It's a little bit like when a, you know, a very successful coach for a sports team sticks around one year too long. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we tend to remember, you know, what have you done for me lately versus all the good things he did up to that point. But certainly he's leaving a much stronger company, um, you know, than, than he took over. Uh, you know, but clearly, you know, I think while he, uh, Chirico is a really good financial person, uh, he redid the comp structure to VI. He redid, you know, the, the, they're at an all-time high now for subscription revenue, cloud revenue, partner revenue, every kind of the software revenue, every kind of important metric that companies track, they've grown that. Um, the thing that he wasn't, the company wasn't able to do under him is is create sustainable growth. Now, with that being said, no CEO in Avaya's history, go back to Don Peterson, right, has ever been able to get this company to grow. So for the first time since it spun out of Lucent, they actually did put up consecutive quarters of growth. And that that is something that no CEO has ever managed to do there. Okay, yeah, so, so I mean, what do you think went wrong for him in this last year? I, I think it was a combination of things. I just think a lot of it had to do with the, the macro environment and, you know, the, the company was late getting cloud out the door. And so I think a lot of the growth that the company had had was converting its uh, install base over, although they were putting up a number of new logos, but a lot of their growth did come or their their software growth came at the expense of the historical base. And so, um, you know, my assumption is they ran through that and then the momentum had slowed down, right? And, and um, uh, but but I, I, I do think a lot of it, you know, was macro-induced and they did have a, a big change in revenue recognition and things like that. I talked to him, Jerico, last quarter about this and had, you know, there was a number of things that they had to change internally and, had they not changed those, the numbers would have certainly looked better. But he did things that were, you know, right for the company. But I do think that um, the company does need a new strategy now, if it's gonna. Because even 
during the best of times, they were still only guiding to high single digit growth, right? Where the entire cloud communication industry is growing in double digits. So um, they, 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 it's a, it's a bit of a different animal because Avaya does have a very interesting customer base, right? They, they tend to serve a lot of really large enterprises. You know, if you think of the who's who of healthcare, banking, governments, airlines, they all use Avaya stuff. And those companies tend to be a little more cautious. In fact, I've talked to some of the customers that went through RFPs to move to the cloud, but invariably went back to private cloud. And that has a much longer deployment cycle than public cloud. So it's, um, it, it's an interest, they're an interesting company because they're so heavily overweighted, large enterprise global companies that those, those companies buy and consume technology different than a lot of the small market, mid market, which has been driving the UCAS and CCAS industry. Okay, and you, um, and you say you spoke to the CEO last quarter. Have you spoken to anybody else? Um, at Avaya recently about about the news? I have not, um, other than um, it, it seems like they kept it under wraps. Um, you know, I, I I do think there's obviously a lot of questions as to what the future will look like. I, I, I do know that I've had people reach out to me and ask me if Alan Mazarek is coming in to sell the company, but I don't think that's the case either. If you look at Alan's pedigree, you know, when he took over Vonage, Vonage, He's an interesting choice for CEO because he took over Vonage at a very similar point in their history. Stock price was low. Large association with consumer where Avaya has a large association with, you know, traditional communications. He went through a series of acquisitions to make them more uh, modernized. He's going to have to do something similar, uh, you know, with Avaya. But Alan's a builder, right? He changed the culture of Vonage. He bought some UCAS companies that were all Broadsoft based and brought them together and rolled them up. He then moved into adjacent markets with the acquisitions of Nexmo and New Voice Media. So Nexmo brought CPAS, New Voice brought Contact Center. And so I, th I do think that, um, um, you know, there, there is some curiosity <laughs> within the company to see what he does because he did have such a success with Vonage, taking that from a company that, frankly, you know, the old Vonage, um, if you talk to business people about it, I remember bringing them up prior to Alan's arrival there, they'd laugh at me. Right, like Vonage was a consumer company. You remember the old jingle, right? Woo hoo, hoo hoo hoo, right? And uh, that was what people thought of Vonage as. And uh, they're a completely different company today. And you know, although he had departed a year before Ericsson bought him, I mean, they did get they did exit with a six billion dollar acquisition, which I think nobody would have predicted when he first took over Vonage. So. Okay, so. Um, so Masaryk's got a good track record, and yeah. and you know so. So, so then we're kind of feeling optimistic then about his chances of pulling a via back. Yeah, I think there's an air of optimism. Obviously, uh, if you're if you've been a long time Avaya employee, and I will say Avaya is an interesting company because there are a lot of long time, long tenured people there. The you know I think people that work there tend to really believe in the mission that the company does. They tend to have very good relationships with their customers, and I think there's. You know, but when you've gone through what the company has gone through from, you know, bankruptcy to seeing the stock grow to see it fall, it, you know, it does take a little wind out of your sails. And so this, you know, a, a new leader coming in, I think, can invigorate things. Alan's also very personable. If you've seen, ever seen him, his, his TV interviews and things like that, he, he's a very confident individual that I think is going to bring that into the company. And I, I suspect a year from now, Avaya is going to look drastically different than it does today. Again, no slight to Jim. He did what he had to do from a, uh, you know, from a company perspective. That company was a mess internally when it comes to how it accounted for revenue and things like that. So, 
you know, to me, what this is, is uh, Jim's got, Jericho has the company pointed in the right direction. And now it's time to bring a new leader in to accelerate the growth for the foundation that's in place. Okay. And so, and so one of, you know, the last decisions I suppose he'd have been a part of are these cost cutting decisions. How do you think those are going to unfold? Well, I do, I do think that we're going to likely see some layoffs to, to right size the, 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 the staff, you know, down to where the, the company's revenue is. I suspect we'll see some other cost cutting measures too. You might see some, um, you know, cut, uh, you know, cutbacks and, um, uh, you know, different programs and things like that. I, I do hope that they, uh, w one of the things that I do know that Alan appreciates though is marketing. He, uh, I, I don't suspect we'll see a lot of cuts there. It's an area that he invested heavily in Advantage because I think in this industry, um, and well, you know this, you've been covering this industry for a while. It's a very brand driven industry, right? And I think, but I think where that investment needs to be is more in trying to associate a via with more modern things, cloud, customer experience, employee experience, hybrid work, um, you know, things like that. So I think we'll see some shifting of dollars, uh, but I do think you'll see um, him take a pretty hard look at, uh, you know, where money is spent and then pair back where, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be just because from an SG&A perspective, it doesn't support where the company revenue is today. Okay, and you've answered this already in a few different ways, but I just thought, you know, could you sum up where does Avaya go from here? Well, I think from here, they, they do have a, a very strong foundation. It's one cloud CPaaS platform actually is a fully modernized cloud platform. And if you've uh, been following my research, you know, it's been my thesis that every communications vendor eventually will become a CPaaS vendor. And then you'll use those CPaaS tools and APIs to build other things. So, for example, from an Avaya perspective, Spaces isn't as much as a product as it is an example of something you can build on top of CPaaS. Their contact center platform isn't as much a product as something you can build on CPaaS. And so, and the same can be said, you know, for every vendor, right? Like you look at WebEx today or, you know, or, you know, Zoom today, they've all got CPaaS backends that they use to build their products on. And the, the thing that I think that's still not really well understood in the industry is as we move into this hybrid world and tools like we're using today become more and more ubiquitous, we do need to create different experiences, right? And so, you know, the way you use it's different than the way a student uses it, which is different than the way a doctor uses it. But no vendor can go build all those different experiences. And that's why the CPaaS backend is so important because it lets third-party ISVs or companies themselves or partners go build it themselves. And so I think from an Avaya perspective, I expect them to take the one cloud CPaaS back in and use that as a building block. I do suspect that Alan's probably got a free hand to go make a couple of key acquisitions. You know, we'll see where those are, uh, but he'll have to add to what they have and, and try and, you know, accelerate growth in a, in a few, you know, key industries and things like that. I, I think it's hard for them to be all things for our, all verticals. So I suspect you'll see them be a little more focused. And, and the, the one area I'd like to see them really invest in is their experience builders program. That's actually a, uh, it's, um, it's not a developer program per se, like we're used to. It's meant to bring an ecosystem together. So multiple software partners or businesses can actually go build, you know, a single application. And they had some good examples of that. You know, they, I think one of the universities in the U S partnered with a company called Toolwire, or another company called journey.ai. 
and Avaya, and they built this kind of next generation educational platform. But that's the idea of, of where we have to go now is where that company should go. It's, it's, it's using the tools they've built to create different experiences for different audiences. So the building blocks are there, right? It just, you know, it, it takes a, a bit different of a go to market and, you know, and, and clearly I think there's, you know, probably things he'll look look at in the areas of AI or things like that that he looked like might look to acquire and bring in. Or you might even see him do a roll up of maybe some smaller UCAS vendors to gain some some more share. Zeus Caravella, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for watching. I'm James Stephen, technology journalist at UC Today. Please don't forget to like and share our video on social media. I'll see you again soon. Bye for now.